everything and everything in between. I am your host, Jake Patterson, and it is a very special episode because not only is it the best week of the sports calendar, the first week of March Madness, John's back to help me talk about it. Welcome back. Hello. How are you? Uh, Doing pretty good. Glad to have you back on the show after what feels like almost a year. Yeah, probably. Like, it's been a while. Yeah. I, I think it was, like, beginning of football season. <laughs> I think so, too. Life has been busy. Yeah, for both of us. So. Because uh, yeah. for the longest time, our schedules did not line up. So. Uh, no, they did not. So let's just. Uh, let's just jump right into this. You you have the uh, you have the bracket open, right? Absolutely. Okay, good. So, I think I think you and I both agree that. Um, Are we going group by group, or what are we doing here? Yeah, group by group. Uh, okay, cool. I, I'm gonna go by uh, the way uh, region, region by region. Yeah, region yeah. by region. I'm gonna go by the way uh, ESPN's has has it laid out. So west, east, south, midwest. Sounds good to me. Um. Because that's what I have the bracket pulled up in front of me on. Out of all of the regions, I have the least problem with this one. I agree. I actually have zero issues with this one, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah, um, this one's this one. I I think Gonzaga got a terrible draw, though, yeah. for 8-9. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, if, I think... if Memphis comes out of that, they could be in trouble. Oh, yeah. I, I do have Memphis winning that game because... Memphis is really good. Like they have, they have the potential to reach that Gonzaga level of, yeah, they play in a smaller conference, but don't you dare call them a mid-major because they're not. Yeah. Like I they, agree with that. They, they have very serious potential to reach that level within like the next two years. Like they're not that far off from it. As long as Penny stays, yes. Yeah, as long as Penny Hardaway stays. If he if he takes a bigger job, then Memphis goes right back down to being kind of the mid-major they've always been. Other Except for when Derrick Rose dur- is there. Other than during the Calipari era. Yeah. And, and I, yeah. And he managed to and he managed to pull in Derrick Rose and then uh booked it to Kentucky before all the blatant recruiting violations he committed to get Derrick Rose there came down on Memphis. Yeah, I think this is the worst 8-9 draw out of all of the regions, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I um, think so, too. Cause, uh, like, however... Because, like, Baylor can handle North Carolina or Marquette, no problem. Yeah. Same thing with Arizona-Seton Hall, or Arizona against Seton Hall and TCU, and and Kansas against uh, San Diego State and Creighton. We'll, we'll get to that one in a little bit, but I could see maybe a potential upset there. But, yeah, this is... Like either way, Gonzaga has to be careful in that that one eight or one nine game. I agree. Uh, but I I think the worst draw out of everyone in the entire bracket is poor Arkansas. Um, yeah, they are going to run into a Vermont team that I have going to the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, Vermont Vermont is a buzzsaw, which sucks because I remember, like like we talked about this when they won the America the their America East, right? I think so. Yeah, because they beat UMBC to uh yes. for the conference champions. So yeah, they're they're America East. They beat everyone in their entire their three games of their uh 
uh, conference tournament by 30 plus. Yeah, it, it was it was a combined point differential of like plus 130 or something. Like it was it was absolutely disgusting. And poor Arkansas, because I actually really like Eric Musselman as a coach. I like Arkansas's team. Yeah, I, I like I like Arkansas as a team. They got a good team. They their fans are insane. In any of the other four thirteen matchups, I would have picked Arkansas. Yeah, because like who are the other who are the other It's UCLA and Akron, Providence, South Dakota, and Illinois Chattanooga. Oh yeah. I I have all the other four seeds winning. Yeah, I do too. They just got screwed. They got so unlucky. Like some of the that that's just been a thing this year. Like the good, like the really good non-Kentucky teams of the SEC got so screwed. Yeah. Cause cause Tennessee I think they will use this as like motivation to make a run. But Tennessee, ten- uh, Tennessee yeah. should not be a two. And we'll get to that. You mean a three? But we'll yeah, get to Tennessee that. Tennessee should be a two. They should not be a three. Correct. We'll get to that. Yeah, that's that's what? That's South Region, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much all I got for the West, if I'm being honest. Like, yeah, there's not else much self-explanatory. There's not much to break down in the West. I think I think I think Alabama loses to whoever wins that Rutgers Notre Dame game. Yeah. I still have Bama winning that because they've been wildly inconsistent all season, but I think but like so have Rutgers and Notre Dame. Yeah. I don't know. That's one that's up for debate for sure. That one's yeah. that one's definitely up in the air. That could that could be one of those games where everyone picks it as an upset and then everyone ends up being wrong and Bama just wins it, no problem. Yeah. I, I don't see them beating Texas Tech. No, Texas I have Texas Tech going sweet sixteen and then losing to Duke. Yeah, I, I have I have Texas Tech. Jeez, I have Texas Tech in my final four. Good lord. That's not happening, but yes. It could. I mean, they're 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 such a weird team because for the fans' absolute blood boiling hatred of Chris Beard, they still very much play like a Chris Beard team, just with better offense. Yeah. I don't know. Cause it's still a lot of the guys that he recruited. Cause I think I think they just promoted one of his assistants to head coach, so a lot of the guys stuck around. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's uh, I don't know. I, but I, I, I think we both agree that the West is going to be, outside of like maybe Vermont, the West is going to be kind of chalky. I agree. I think it's going to be pretty much one and two. Yeah. I, again, outside of Vermont. Vermont, yeah. Vermont's going to screw everyone. Ver, uh-huh. Vermont's going to Vermont's gonna mess some people up. Like if you don't have them in the Sweet 16, you need to make change your bracket. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm changing that right now. <laughs> I, I literally <laughs> just changed it. I had them losing to UConn, but I'm like... Not a chance. Yeah. That could be a 12-13 matchup, too, but I don't know. That don't could honestly be. be a 12-13, but I think I think UConn, like, being back in the Big East, they want to put on a good showing and be like, hey, we're back. And yeah. I think they'll get, like, a win. I agree. Because they haven't built... Because I think they'll need a couple years of like recruiting in a real basketball conference again to get back to their previous level. 
Because when they were in the American, they dropped off hard, and it's going to take them a couple years to uh, to recover. Yep. But now, on to the East, and um, this is... This is honestly the easiest region for a one seed I have seen in a long time. Uh, like I don't see, I don't see many issues for Baylor here. Me- I think Murray State could be the biggest issue in this bracket. I I could see, I could see Murray State, I could see Murray State causing a problem for them. I could see Purdue causing a problem for them if they even get past Murray State. Yeah, I have them getting past Murray State in the Sweet 16. I I actually have Murray winning that one. Yeah, that's a that's a I mean, I definitely agree I definitely think that's a possibility as well. Yeah, um, it's This one this one's going to be interesting. I because Texas is a team that confuses me because they were one of those teams that was mostly good all year. But they had just a couple, like, really weird performances. Yeah, I mean, they... they and they don't... I don't know, have, I had them losing, so... <laughs> they, I do, too. They, they, don't, they don't have much in the way of an offense, but sometimes their defense will just absolutely lock the other team down. Yep. But Virginia Tech is riding one hell of a hot streak that goes that goes all the way back to January. Do I think they'll beat Purdue in the round of 32? No, Purdue is better than them. But do they have enough momentum to beat a wildly inconsistent Texas team with a not great offense? Yes. Absolutely. Oh yeah, like they go back and watch that ACC championship game. Like they're, they're clearly, they're clearly a good team. And like as an 11 seed, that probably means if they didn't win that game against Duke, if they didn't win the ACC auto bid, they wouldn't even be in the field, but they still got a very good draw with Texas. (laughs) Like they are. Oh, I agree. They're more than capable of winning that game. Yep. (laughs) at the bottom, uh, Kentucky is a two seed. That that is a crime against basketball. They like, should have been a three. They them and them and Tennessee should absolutely flip places. They they should be playing Longwood. Uh, they should not be a two seed. Like they they've heck they've lost. They lost to Arkansas. <laughs> they lost. To Auburn, they lost to like they've lo- they've lost to everyone that is seated lower than them from the SEC, and they lost to Tennessee twice. And they lo- yeah, that's the big one, including in the SEC tournament. Did they lose to? Did they lose to Tennessee in the SEC tournament? They, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they, they did. did. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say like I feel like they did, but I did. Yeah, there it is. They uh, yeah, sixty two to sixty nine. Yeah. Like it, th- they should not be a two. They'll they'll get by they'll get by the freaking peacocks of St. Peter's just fine, but I think uh because we because we do both have Murray State going on a run to the Sweet Sixteen, they're 
Like they're gonna they're gonna have a rude awakening when they when they go up against Murray State in yep. in very <laughs> typical in very typical like overconfident Kentucky fashion. They're gonna get like I could see a situation where Murray does to them what Florida Gulf Coast did to Georgetown in 2013. Yeah. Like just absolute, like they look like the better team and just absolutely blow them out of the water. Like it's obviously a seven versus a 15 that, that Florida Gulf Coast was, but I could see it as a very similar situation where the lower seed just absolutely blows the two seed out of the water. I don't, and yeah, I don't think yep. it'll be as much of a surprise as that game was. I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. Uh, I think moving to the South. The South, this is... Straightforward. This is pretty straightforward. It's also just a straight-up evil draw for Arizona. <laughs> like, they have Illinois... UAB with one of the best scorers in the country. I mean, Illinois is probably going to win that game, but that's going to be, that's going to be a serious challenge for Illinois. Cause I, I have that, that game is the 32 match is the, the four, the four seed Illinois against the 12 UAB. Yeah. So I, like, I actually, I actually have Houston going to the lead eight. Um, they UAB doesn't have size. And they really don't. They have Houston has four seniors. Yeah, they um they have Jelly Walker, which is like one of the best names ever. But yeah, yeah, I could I could see that situation where Houston does just completely and utterly dominate them on the glass because of their massive size advantage. They're also Houston's also giving up less than sixty points a game. Yeah. Um that Yeah, that that's gonna be that's gonna be probably the best five twelve game in this tournament. Potentially. Like even if even if it's not the upset, like that's gonna be a really good five twelve game because I think I think UAB has even if they lose, they have the offensive firepower to keep it closer than you would expect against Houston's defense. It's just the the rebounding disadvantage is gonna end up killing them. Yep, absolutely. Like, huh. I could see that, but, but like poor Arizona, look, look who else they have in their region. Like they, they have Houston, obviously, who is a defensive powerhouse. Arizona is another very inconsistent team. They have Illinois and they have to worry about, uh, Kofi Coburn. Yeah. They have who I would assume to be a pissed off Tennessee that are mad that they're a three instead of a two. They have, they have Loyola Chicago who is always dangerous because again, they have a very good coach and, and a hundred something year old nun who seems to be the ultimate good luck charm. (laughs) And they have Villanova. Like have and Villanova is their two seed. Have fun with that one, Arizona. Yeah, Arizona's not make, making it past Houston or Illinois. Yeah, I, I have them. The 
I have them losing to Illinois. Like, this is such a terrible draw for Arizona. Like, the entire South region is just like, oh, yeah, you're a one seed, but good luck. I agree. Like, yep. like we're, you're going to get a lot of good games out of the South region. Because, like, sure, is Villanova going to absolutely mop the floor with Delaware? Yes. But does Delaware have a lot of guys who grew up in the shadow of Philadelphia hoping to one day go to Villanova and just not getting recruited there? Also, yes. <laughs> like, that's going to be... Like, that motivation alone will probably allow... Uh, and, and I'm going to sound so pretentious because I know their name. The Blue Hens to... Uh, <laughs> to keep it close. And I'm not just saying this because I have friends who went to university of Delaware. <laughs> like, I think, I think they have some level of ability to keep this close, but Nova's still going to win by at least 15. Yeah. Pro probably more. I have Tennessee coming out of this bracket. I could definitely um, see I that. actually, I, I, I actually have, sorry, go ahead. I picked Nova because the last the last few times I've picked them to do well, they've actually done well and I've I've done very well on the uh like I've won several bracket challenges by picking them to win the whole thing. Yeah. So I have them I have them obviously making a run because like it's also Villanova and they have they they have their their secret ingredient the the vaguely Italian surprisingly athletic white guy <laughs> like that's that's their secret weapon every time they've every time they've won won a national championship in the last few years they have had one and gosh I wonder why a secretly athletic vaguely Italian white guy oh wait that describes their coach. So, gee, I wonder why they always have a have one running point. Yeah, I Tennessee think, going all the way, actually. I I originally had Nova. Right before we started recording, I changed my pick to Baylor. Uh, I think Baylor lost one of their best players, didn't they? Yeah, they lost their starting center for the season. Um. So I don't know. Yeah, I I usually end up changing my national champion pick a couple times before the tournament actually starts. Yeah, I, I do I do the same thing. I'm probably gonna end up flip-flopping between like because honestly, because right now my final four is Texas Tech versus Baylor and Villanova versus Kansas. Gonzaga, Baylor, Tennessee, Auburn. That's that's also a really really plausible final four so i didn't i the 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 midwest is the only bracket where i have pretty much all of the t higher seeds advancing kansas's bracket because yeah. i just i don't see any of the lower seeds being good except for like miami over usc but like even then like that's uh i don't know that's a, that's a 710 like that's not even yeah with 
with how with how uh, much more balanced college basketball has gotten in the past couple of years, like 10-7 is barely an upset anymore. It's like 10-7 is almost on the level of 8-9, where it's like, yeah, these teams are pretty evenly matched. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to end up flip-flopping on my national champion pick a couple times between now and Thursday, but for right now, it's Baylor. I could also, like, I... That's the thing. Like last year, it was very clear who the top two were. Last year, it was it was clear back in December that your national championship game was going to be Baylor Gonzaga. Yeah, like, it, it was <laughs> so clear. Like conference play hadn't even started, really started yet, and everyone was like, "Yeah, we know who the national championship game is going to be," and that ended up being a hundred percent correct. A lot of people had Gonzaga as the winner instead of Baylor, but the the two participants in that game we knew back in December. This year, that is not the case. No, it could be one of like seven or eight teams, honestly. Yeah, it could be like any kind. It could be Gonzaga, Baylor, Tennessee, Auburn, Kansas, Kansas, Kansas or Villanova. I mean, you've got to put Arizona there. I think Purdue also. Arizona, Purdue has a chance. Purdue absolutely could. Duke definitely could. I watch out for Iowa. Yeah, because they have, like, Iowa just has you know their freakish scoring both on the men's and women's teams. And I mean, like, I know we're discounting Kentucky a lot, but even then, like, Kentucky is still a very good basketball team, and if they get hot at the right time, they could also do it. So I mean, like. Yeah, like Kentucky, I think all of the ones and twos have a shot. Yeah, um, and, and, a, and a couple think, of the, and a couple of the threes and fours do. I think Tennessee has a shot. I think, I think, I, watch out for Houston. They did make the Final Four last year, and they have most of their roster back. Yeah, watch out for Houston. I think Texas Tech, if they get hot, Purdue, Iowa's a five that I think could do it. Um. I think the only like three, four and three seeds that I don't think have a chance. I don't think Illinois is good enough. I Cockburn carries them a lot. Yeah. Um. They're 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 in that same vein as Auburn, where like Auburn is so heavily reliant on Green. Like, you mean Jabari Smith? Hold up. No, what's that? What's that one guy's name who who plays for Auburn? Um, Jabari Smith. It's Jabari Smith, and there was an there was another guy. I could have sworn it was uh, it was either Green or Carter. I'm- Jabari Smith is the lottery pick. I promise it's Jabari Smith. They have two bigs though. Who's there? I'm looking. I'm looking up their roster right now. Uh, because who's who's the other? Guy? Wendell Green is is another guy. They're like he's he's another guy that they are like they rely on Smith too, but like. There are games where if Wendell, a lot of their losses came down to Green was not hitting his shots. Yeah, and, that's really anyone. Yeah, that could that could be a lot of people, but like they are they are very reliant on Hero Ball. So is so is Illinois. But yeah, so we'll see what happens. It's going to be a very tight tournament, I think compared to like last year where it was pretty much these are the two teams. And if you don't pick these two teams, you're kind of dumb. Yeah. And like the early rounds last year were still fun, but 
I think last year Alasa also had that effect of like, yeah, the 2021 tournament had this effect of like, yeah, we didn't have a tournament last year. So we are going to enjoy this no matter how much it sucks. Yeah. And like looking back, you can tell the tournament wasn't actually as good as we all made it out to be because we were just so desperate to have it back because you can see the commercials on TNT. They used like no clips from last year's tournament to promote the thing. Most of the clips they have used to promote the tournament are from 18 and 19. Not from, not from last year. (laughs) And they have like, and they have like Jim Nance's call of Baylor winning last year at the very end of the commercial. And that is like the only clip from last year they use. Everything else is from three to four years ago. <laughs> so that, that tells you 2021 was actually not that good of a tournament. I think this year's will be. I, it's I agree. Fir- it's the first real tournament since 2019. Like it's actually going to be around the country. All the arenas are going to be full because you had a couple empty arenas in the first round games last year, and those games just sucked. <laughs> and even then, like all the arenas that did have people were only like 50% full. Like arenas didn't start filling back up until like NHL and NBA playoffs two months later. So yeah, I, I am, I am very much, uh, I am very much looking forward to this tournament. I plan to do nothing all day Thursday and Friday, but watch the first round games. (laughs) Like that is all I'm going to do all day, but let's, uh, let's switch it up because someone decided he had to, uh, just completely steal the spotlight of selection Sunday, like 20 minutes after the selection show ended Tom Brady just drops on Twitter. Oh yeah, I'm not retired anymore. <sighs> I hate the fact that the more Brady is out of New England, the more I actually think he's a decent human being. I know. Like the second he left the Patriots, I was like, "Wait, I don't actually hate this guy." And yeah. like the the joke on Twitter is that is that he spent he spent five weeks with his kids and he's like, nah, screw this, I'm going back. No. I don't think that's the case. I honestly think because this just sounds like a Tom Brady thing to do. It was a combination of he decided before the playoffs, like, yeah, I'm probably gonna retire. And then he was disappointed with how the Buccaneers season ended. And, I, he, and he was heavily considering coming back. I don't think, I, I think what is something else that is extremely possible that happened was the story is, leaked. Huh? He was, he was mad that it leaked. No, I don't think it's that. I think he was going to retire and then he was home and he was kind of probably not doing great. And then his wife, I think Giselle probably was like, I think I think him retiring, the biggest thing behind his retirement was Giselle and his kids probably asking him to retire. But they probably then saw him pretty miserable. And they said, go back and play. 
Yeah. Because he's not doing anything without Giselle saying yes, without his kids saying yes. That is that is very true. And I think that's what happened. And and someone called and someone called it out like another retired player. Because he was at he was at some like Premier League game last weekend. Yeah. And he was still he was still like dressed up. And I don't remember who it was, so credit to them, whoever it was. It was another like prominent retired player who said, oh, I knew Brady was coming back when I saw him at that soccer game last week because he still had a suit on. And like when you're actually retired, you retire the suits because you can. Uh, Absolutely. And that makes way too much sense. That makes yeah, all these people saying Gronk's going to come back, stop. Gronk's done. His body was literally falling apart, okay? Yeah, Gronk is done. He Gronk Gronk is done. He might he might give he might give wrestling another shot, but as far as as far as football goes, he's he's done. Gronk is done with football. <laughs> like I, I I wouldn't be surprised to see him maybe show up again at at WrestleMania this year, but that's like the only athletic thing he's going to be doing from now on correct because like the dude's made enough money he's he's won a couple super bowls like and and he's in a similar situation to tom brady not as not as much as tom brady but like his girlfriend also makes enough money for the both of them like yeah she, she has her own career like he doesn't need to he doesn't need to do anything to make money for himself. Like he's got no, he enough. Doesn't. And then, and then his girlfriend can, can pick up the slack and he's just going to do stuff because he thinks it's fun. Probably. Like I could a hundred percent see that. I could a hundred percent see him like, like heck teaming up with her and, uh, co-hosting, uh, the wipeout revival. Like, I like I, that. Yeah. Like I could see him doing that too. Like, could you, God, that'd be insane. Him and John Cena on the same show. <laughs> like, that would be... I would actually watch that. That sounds hilarious. I don't know if I would, but yes. But yeah, I could... I I could see him just, like, doing stuff because it sounds cool and not even for the money. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do a guest spot co-hosting Wipeout for a week, or I'll, I'll do a run-in at WrestleMania to help one of my friends, like... I could see that being his post career of him just like doing commercials and doing other goofy stuff because he thinks it's cool. I mean, he is just a massive goofball, but mainly because he doesn't have a brain. Yeah. But you know, that's not really his fault. That's football's fault. Yeah, that's that's 100% football's fault. But hey, he made his money. He can do whatever the heck he wants now. Absolutely. And there was some other there was some other offseason news that just completely screwed over March Madness, which I hate, but at the same time, I know the NFL is king. Which is? Aaron Rodgers just getting paid. I do, why in the world is he... like? I understand he wants his money, but dude, you're not going to win another title if you keep asking for, you know, $61 million a season. Yeah, that that is... That is far too much money for him. Like, I get that he's Aaron Rodgers. That's too much money for anyone. I'm sorry. And he's also, he's like, he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time, but he's also one of the best regular season quarterbacks of all time, if we're being honest. I agree. Because the guy has won one Super Bowl and one Super Bowl MVP. 
Mm-hmm. You know who else has those same accolades? Joe Flacco. And Nick Foles. And Nick Foles. Like, the only difference, at this point, like, the only difference between Aaron Rodgers and the two of them is infinitely more regular season success than the two of them ever had. Correct. Like, honestly, if you get down to postseason records, Flacco has had more postseason success than Aaron Rodgers. Pretty much. Yeah, I, yeah. It's like, I don't understand. Like Brady Fla- literally showed every big quarterback how to be successful for a long period of time. And all of them are just like, eh, we're not going to do it. No, they just keep getting massive freaking contracts. Like Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. And as much as I hate to admit it, Lamar Jackson's probably next. Yep. (laughs) Which will suck. I just don't get it. Like, I don't understand. Brady literally set how to do it. Yeah. And now everybody's like, oh, give me my money, give me my money, give me my money. I'm like, bro. (laughs) What's the difference between uh, $20 million a year and $10 million a year? How are you going to spend an extra $10 million per year? Yeah. Like, like when, in real life. When you're dealing with that kind of money. There's not a difference. The The difference between when you're dealing with the kind of money football players make, an extra $10 million is chump change. Yeah. Like, it's like, like you could afford... If you're making that kind of money, you could afford whatever house you want in any city in the country. Yep. Including LA. Absolutely. Or New York. Like, the two most expensive cities in the country, you would still be doing perfectly fine on $10 million a year. You may hey, not... Even may if not it's be, 20 versus 40. Yeah. Like, you're still... You're still fine. Like Steph Curry and Clay Thompson did it in the NBA. They got Kevin Durant and they won titles. Yep. But that's also it's also a much more established thing in the NBA to take a pay cut to ring chase because you don't need as many good players to win in the NBA. Yes, but you also have a much smaller salary cap. Yeah, the sa- the salary cap's lower. But that's also like you're dealing with you're dealing with what sixteen people as opposed to fifty three, fifteen, oh fifteen. So yeah, less than a third. Yeah. So it makes sense that the salary cap's a little bit, a little bit lower. Yeah. <laughs> but, but still, I kind of, I kind of wish more teams in the NFL would kind of pick up on that. More specifically, quarterbacks. I say it's not teams; it's quarterbacks. Yeah, it's hopefully Lamar Jackson will break the trend and pull a Tom Brady. He's not. Sorry, he's he, not going to be the one to do it. He probably won't, but he also doesn't have an agent. Like I'm trying to convince myself here, but I know it's not happening. It's 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 going to be Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow. Yeah, it's going to be one of those two because Joe Burrow has Jamar Chase and. Yeah. And the Chargers have already built a really good team around Justin Herbert before he before he's off his rookie deal. Yep. That's what you got to do. You got to build the good team around them before they're off their rookie deal. 
So they get a taste of winning before they're fully developed as NFL players. So then when the time comes to get their big boy contracts, they don't demand as much money. You would hope, right? You would hope anyway. I mean, the Chiefs kind of tried to do that. And then Mahomes won a Super Bowl. So he asked for the big payday anyway. Well, it's funny. Mahomes said he was going to give him a discount and then didn't. And then got an absolutely fat contract. A baseball level contract. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, the NFL's weird. I, I don't get it. The NFL is weird. Brady literally did it for how many years? Over two decades. This is this is season number 23 for him. Oh god. And he's that, still doing it. Yeah. God, that that hurts to realize that uh Tom Brady has been playing in the NFL longer than some of my current coworkers have been alive. Uh, uh same for me. Yeah, that's that's painful. Heck, as much as you hate the guy, Ben did that too. Yeah. He he really did. Like I, it it baffles me that people don't understand that. Yeah, and no one's doing it. I think I think once Herbert or Burrow do it, some of the more intelligent quarterbacks will maybe renegotiate their deals to like once it works for Burrow Herbert or possibly both of them, I could see maybe um, Allen and Mahomes negotiating back down. I don't see Mahomes doing it. Not not Mahomes. I don't. I don't. Uh, Allen and Jackson. Uh, I don't know if Jackson will simply because of how much of the load on the offense he takes. Yeah, they'd have to... I think they'd have to pick up a couple receivers for him to negotiate oh, absolutely. Down, which hopefully they do in the draft this year, but that's still a couple months away. Hmm. But that's it for NFL, hopefully until draft time, but knowing the NFL, they won't be happy with that. So uh, let's, let's really switch things up and get into the call of duty league. It has been an interesting two weeks. And it has for the cod league. Um, because I didn't record a show last week because I was really sick. Let's just get into this now. The major was freaking awesome. Best major I've ever watched. Yeah. Then again, I've only been watching for a year. But yeah. still but by far the best major I've ever watched. But even people who have been around the COD Pro scene for a while have said, like, that is one of the best tournaments in the past few years. It's definitely, it's definitely by far the best tournament of the CDL era. I, I would agree just based on what I've watched. But again, because, I haven't watched that much. Because like most of CDL season one was online play. So it was awful. It was not only online play. It was online play with Modern Warfare. I mean, I don't think Modern Warfare was a bad game, but I also the, never didn't watch it. So I don't know how much watchability it had. It did not have a lot of watchability because um, remember all the server issues Modern Warfare had? Did they, did those carry over to? Yep. Oh my gosh. Like, like, remember, remember how many technical pauses and like tech issues 
what happened during the Cold War season. Yeah. Multiply that by like five and you've got the Modern Warfare season. That's crazy. It was a constant thing during CDL 2020. That's awful. Like partially because they weren't prepared for online play at all and they had to pivot to it really quickly. Yeah, that's not their fault. But even, even on land, they were having issues. Like at the kickoff classic... In, in 2020, which was on land because it was in, you know, January. Or it was it was January. It was like late January, early February. There were multiple games that were delayed 10, 15, 20 minutes. Eesh. Because and it also hurt because they were playing on PlayStations. They weren't they weren't playing on PC with controller back then. They were just playing on PS4s because Sony was a, a big sponsor. Uh, I was like, why? <laughs> so Sony was a big money sponsor of the league in year one, so they played on PlayStations and it just did not work once the once the switch to online happened. So they're like, yeah, we can't do this again. We're playing on PC next year. Fair. But yeah, this was and I think because uh, I, I said this in Miles' chat last night actually, like Vanguard isn't that good of a Call of Duty game. Like, I don't really like playing it, but I absolutely love watching it. Well, yeah. It is it is by far the best from a competitive standpoint of the CDL era. And honestly, that probably goes back to... That would probably... It's probably going back to probably World War II. It's the best competitive game. Well, so the pros loved the advanced movement. And I I actually agree with the fact that advanced movement cause probably had, I have watched like none of it. So I don't, cannot answer this question, but from what I know from people I've talked to advanced movement cod was really fun to watch. It was, I've, I've gone cause I didn't watch back then either. I've just watched some like highlight clips. Yeah. Advanced movement cod is really hype to watch. It just wasn't all that much fun to play. At least for me, because I, I skipped all three of them. Yeah, I mean, I did too, really. Like, I, I skipped everything after Ghosts until until World War II. Gotcha. World War II wasn't very good. Yeah, World War II was miserable. But let's get into the actual event itself. This was freaking awesome. <laughs> oh, it was fantastic. Like, it started it started right from the beginning with, like, one, the crowd was red hot the entire time. Well, it was in optic territory, so yeah. yeah, especially for they weren't they weren't as loud for the other games because the crowd was just so heavily green wall. Yeah. But as like the games got later and later, and like the optic fans just wanted FaZe to lose, they started cheering for everyone else to just beat FaZe. <laughs> like yeah, that's everyone that that's literally everyone that's just all that's just any and all cdl fans it's just we all want phase to lose yeah like we can all oh, agree on yeah. that it's just screw atlanta face unless you're a phase fan unless you're a phase fan o- other than phase fans everyone everyone wants atlanta face to lose <laughs> pretty much very accurate <laughs> but like started out started out with two sweeps and you're like oh is this is this just going to be the entire tournament and then and then you didn't get another sweep until 
until one of the one of the last uh first elimination rounds. Like yes. everything else went to five. And right from the beginning, winners round two, you had the first reverse sweep of a tournament that was full of reverse sweeps. Oh, dude, it was insane. That one was so good. Optic versus phase winners round two. It started off. It started off everyone, everyone in the venue getting real quiet, getting real worried that, uh, that phase was going to win. Cause they kind of dominated those first two maps. And then a flip switch flipped. Yeah. After control was kind of back and forth. And then what it, I remember what it was. FaZe made a really, really dumb play. They assumed that they had defense for round five. And I think that's correct, yeah. And it turned out they didn't because they had they had a they had like a team kill or something in one of the earlier rounds, and that like messed with the kill count, and they didn't calculate that. And they ended up not having defense round five. And when everyone realized Optic had defense round five, the place went nuts. Optic dominated that round five, and then they dominated the Gavutu Hardpoint. The entire rest of the major. Yeah, they dominated (laughs) Gavutu Hardpoint, and then they 6-0'd on Tuscan Search in map five. Yeah. And that, that last round, that round six, where... Like, you couldn't tell if Optic got the defuse and then they cut away from gameplay. I know, that was the... Whoever did made that needs to be fired. Yeah, like, whatever director called that cut never should never direct COD Esports again. Like, because even, even uh, Maven was freaking out. He's like, no, show me the bomb! Show me the bomb! I know. <laughs> yeah. And, and, then, and then it cuts back to the game right at the last second. And you see Optic Texas win, bomb defused, and and everyone goes nuts. Yeah, it was crazy. That was and then and then the final. Like the the rest of the elimination bracket was really good too. Like I I really thought Thieves had it against FaZe. Really thought we I, had it against FaZe, but uh Yeah. They finally lost on Gavutu Hardpoint. <laughs> Yeah, once you once they beat you on Gavutu Hardpoint, it was over. Yeah, because we're not good at search. You can't play search. Which it's, is weird. it's the same way as Ultra. Ultra can't play hardpoint. Yeah, all like if they could if they could both just like take lessons from each other on how to play hardpoint and search, they would be fir- like firm top three with Optic. I well and phase. I mean you have to keep phase up there. Like you literally can't take phase out because of what they did to LA thieves and what they did to ultra in that on Sunday. Yeah. Like, you can't cause they, they reverse swept thieves and then they just straight up swept Toronto ultra. No matter how much they lose to Seattle surge phase yeah. is still a top two team in the CDL right now, which happened again this past weekend. Correct. <laughs> and I think I think that's absolutely hilarious that Seattle just has FaZe's number. It's like Jacksonville and Indianapolis in the NFL. Yeah, it really is. We have not won in Jacksonville since 2012. Still, we can't beat them. 
which still just baffles me. Like, I don't know why. No one knows why. We just can't beat Jacksonville and Jacksonville. We just can't. And there, well, I mean, in 2012, like in the years between now and 2012, like there were a couple of years where the Jags were legitimately good and the Colts were legitimately bad. But I mean, there's also Andrew Luck in there. Yeah, like there's there's Andrew Luck in there, which makes no sense. There's last year when they went one in fifteen, and their only win was against us, Week One in Jacksonville. Yeah, or two years ago now, technically. There's yeah. last year. Yeah, where all we had to do was win to get into the playoffs, and couldn't, and somehow we lost. Yep. Yeah, I I. Uh... I know that feeling. The Ra- the Ravens will pull that occasionally too, where they just lose random games that they have no business losing. I mean, all my teams do that. The the Flyers and the Sixers do that a lot more often than the Ravens do, but I think my teams are just cursed to mediocrity while to almost being there. Yeah. Like Michigan, almost there. Indy, almost there. Red so- the only team that has been somewhat consistent has been the Red Sox. Yeah. After not winning a World Series for a hundred years. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you just have you just have bad luck with your teams. Like but, what sense does that make? But th- this past and obviously like wrapping up wrapping up the uh the optic major talk, that final, there was only gonna be one winner. Oh yeah. Like it was gonna be optic. Like I thought for a while maybe FaZe had it. But like, they they could only win search, and that's you know continuing a trend that for the past few years Optic has not been very good at search. Fip and Abizi or Abizi does not look good. No, he's. I will say that he he's definitely looked off so far this year. He has not looked good this year, and he's, for Phase to to win, they. Abizi's got to figure something out, and I don't know what that something is. Cause, cause didn't he drop? Didn't he drop a, a total goose egg? Yeah. In the uh, on the Tuscan on the Tuscan search on Tuscan search, like he he went zero six or zero nine, I think. Did he? He because I remember he went zero six in the reverse sweep game. Did he go? Did he go zero nine in the the finals match too? I think so. Good lord, I could be wrong. I I. I I know he went over in one of the Tuscan searches. I just don't remember which one. And either way, that's not good. No, you, you can't do that. Especially not for Mr. First Blood. Yeah. And Mr. First Blood in that Tuscan was dashy. God, that man went off. I think he had all six First Bloods, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, like that that man had one hell of a tournament. Yeah. yeah. And so did and Illy in that final, bro. Yeah, like... Those two, those two, like, I mean, everyone contributed, like, like Scump and, um, blanket on the, Scump, Dashy, Abizi. Shotzi. Scump, Dashy, Iliad, Shotzi, that's right. Yeah, they, Abizi, excuse you. Wait, no, Abizi plays for face. (laughs) Yeah. All all their names end in Y, it gets confusing. (laughs) Oh, I know. But, like. And it was it was cool to have it back on like real land. Oh yeah, with with a full crowd and you like having Maven and Merc back. Having Maven and Merc back was incredible. Uh, you got the shot of uh, Dashy's mom chanting MVP. 
Yeah, that was incredible. Which, like, you'd love to see that, because a lot of times, it's not always, but it's been a trend of, like, at least in the past, maybe not as much now, of parents not being super supportive. Oh, yeah. Like, parents not being super supportive of their pro player children until they, you know, actually win things. But clearly, like, but clearly, like, Dashie's mom has been behind him his entire career from the look of it. I would hope. I would think. It, it, se- it seems like she was, because if if she wasn't, she probably wouldn't have been there. Oh, yeah, I agree. But, like, but, like, it seems like the era of, of Nate Shot's mom saying, no, go get a job at McDonald's because I'm worried about you is over is is over and done with which that's a good thing oh i agree like it it makes a great story for nate shot like oh yeah i used to work at mcdonald's and now i'm a multimillionaire with this awesome house in la with all my friends but <laughs> but like still it's it's still like if he was younger that would not happen no it would not absolutely not like if he was if he was the same age as scump that would not have happened like, I agree even, with that. Even then, he's only like three or four years older than Scump, but like that would not have happened. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. we uh, we got to look ahead to the Rocker major qualifiers. I'm hyped for this major too, because the kickoff classic in 2020 was absolutely incredible. And that was also in Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota's fans are nuts. Minnesota's fans are absolutely insane. They've been... they. Like, since, like, May of 2020, when restaurants and stuff started opening back up, they've been having watch party after watch party for, like, every event. And they have the best intro. Oh, yeah, their intro is incredible. And they are one of the few teams that, like, like, Florida did a little bit. But, like, they're one of the few teams that, like, really leaned in to their home market with their branding. Yep. Like, they really leaned into that, like, Minnesota, Scandinavian, like, most of the people who live here are of Scandinavian descent imagery. Like, their their team is named after Ragnarok. Their logo is a, a Viking warrior helmet. And they have, like, runic designs on all their jerseys. Like, they they have heavily leaned into that. And it helped. It doesn't hurt that they're that like that shade of purple and black with a little bit of blue is a really good color scheme. Oh, it's perfect. But it's like, one of the best color schemes. I think it is the best. Cause all the other good ones are just like other esports orgs that already existed and just kind of modified their branding a little bit to have a city or state name. Like yeah. Op- Optic Texas, LA Thieves, Atlanta Phase. I like Boston Breaches. I think Bo- I think the Breach I think Breaches um mar- uh, marketing has been fa- fabulous. They're they just haven't they're they're a weird team. They're like last year's Minnesota. Where you know they're good, you just never think about them among the other good teams. Capsule is an absolute unit. Yeah. First a, of all. Yeah. That man is, is terrifying. 
he's a monster of a man and he's gonna he's in the rookie of the year conversation. Yeah, like he's gonna be he's gonna be a superstar in the COD scene for a long time. But I, I think Roker Rocker's gotta make some moves, man. Yeah. They gotta they gotta get back to what they were last year. I, I don't think they can with this roster though. No. I, I think I, something's gotta change, and I don't know what it is. I think they keep Standy. You, you definitely well, keep, yes, no, Standy staying. You keep Standy, and you maybe keep accuracy. Well, first of all, accuracy's not there. Oh yeah, accuracy's gone. Accuracy's in Seattle now. Oh yeah, and he's. Um, oh yeah, he's the vet. He's the veteran presence on Seattle. What's their correct? What's their? What's it's their, it's attach or it's attached Standy Major and Priesta. That's right. Ugh. You, you maybe that roster's not winning a championship. No, I say it's not. I say, I say you keep Standy and Priesta. I agree. Get rid of the. Other I think two. the other two got to go. I think I think that era is over. Because Attach is another guy who's been around forever. Like he doesn't look it, but he also started really young. Yeah, and New York's New York's got to blow it up. New York just has to completely blow it up. Keep Krim and Krim and Clay gotta go. Keep Neptune and Hydra build around them, but you gotta get rid of Krim, Krim and Clay. They're 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 just they're done. Yeah, keep them, especially Clay. Like keep them as keep them as like analysts and content creators. Like keep them under contract, but they just don't have it anymore. Clay Clay especially Krim. There are still flashes of you know Krim. Yeah, but Clay 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 has been awful. Clay has been terrible. Clay's been really bad. Clay has been I, probably one of the worst players in the league this year. Which is insane, but like it happens to everyone. And I'm not I'm not apologizing for that. No, but it's true. Like he's had terrible performances. Yeah, he's like I think his KD is like 0.69 or something on yeah, the year. That's uh that's only slightly better than my Cold War KD. Which is, you know, saying a lot. And he's playing. Like you can't Mar- win with him on your team. No. And like their next match is on Saturday against Paris. I don't know if they win that. I don't think they will. Because because Paris Paris has like that roster change momentum. Do I think Paris is gonna end up being a good team at the end of the year? No. They'll still finish bottom three. Because the org just refuses to invest. And no one gives a crap about them. Like, have you ever encountered a Paris Legion fan online? Because I, I saw a couple. I definitely have not. I've seen a couple. Like, I know that I would be interested to see like the pack numbers. Yeah. Like in terms of who buys like which team has the least amount of packs bought. I mean, it'd be Paris. I would assume it'd be Paris because they don't have merch. No, they don't. And their color scheme is just their their color schemes, bad. Their color scheme is really bad, which is a shame because I'm pretty sure they're owned by the same company as Paris eternal, the overwatch team and Paris eternal's color scheme is actually good. Well, Paris wanted out of the CDL last year. If you remember. Yeah. I, I honestly think you should let them. Let them sell that slot because they clearly don't care. Give it to complexity. Yeah, give it to complexity. Give it to uh, give it to complexity or give it to um, T1 slash Comcast. No, I'm not biased. Okay, I'm definitely biased. Because <laughs> I want <laughs> I want my Philadelphia team. 
after the after but I would think I would think pack sales number one is optic. Number one is optic, number two is phase, number three is thieves, number four is rocker. That's that's probably my I'd be I'd be about accurate. Because like you have the three most popular brands and then best colors. With also yeah. a rabbit fan base. Like that's that's probably your top four. I think Ultra would be up there too. Ultra could be up there just because they have like all of Canada. Yeah. Except maybe like Vancouver. Because maybe Vancouver are Seattle fans, but like that's it. Yeah, that's But no, yeah, it's it's uh got two more weeks of qualifiers before the Minnesota major and I'm very much looking forward to it because it's going to be at a casino. It's not going to be at like a traditional venue. That's cool. Like it's going to be at like a casino's like event, a casino's like event room. That's going to look really cool. They could have a lot of fun with that. Yeah, they definitely could. But uh, yeah, let's, let's get into uh, one more thing before we uh, wrap on up with this. Baseball's back. Baseball is is back. Um, Rob Manfred still sucks. I'm not I'm not giving him praise for this or the owners. But uh, hey. Huh. Hey. uh what? I hate Rob Manfred. Yeah. Oh yeah, we, we both do. I would like to nominate real quick Carl Ravitch for worst tweet sports tweet in history let me just find this tweet real fast oh, no. just so i can read it word for word i, I know Carl um, ravage has had some zingers but yeah no this is the worst sports tweet in history besides anything skip bayless says about lebron james um i have so many memes on my phone give, give me a second jake you talk about the deal real fast while i'm looking for this yeah it's uh I, I don't actually remember off the top of my head most of what was in there, but it was, uh, I know the Ghost Runner is gone. Thank the Lord. Even oh, here we go. I Oh, what do we got? What's what's this bad Carl Ravage tweet? On August 14th, 2014, right after Rob Manfred was elected commissioner, oh, Carl Ravage tweeted at 6.19 p.m. Congratulations to Rob Manfred, elected new MLB commissioner. Brilliant negotiator, progressive <laughs> thinker, Solid relationship with B players. <laughs> Woof. That is. Hey, Carl, you want to take that one back, buddy? That is bad. That is a stinker of a tweet. That is awful. Like, and that's the, this is the sad part. The MLB lockout lasted longer than Tom Brady was retired. <sighs> Yeah, I just, I don't get it. Opening day got moved back like a week to, uh, to April 7th and we'll get a full 162 game schedule. Thank God. Uh, spring training camp and mandatory report date have, uh, already come and gone. Mandatory report date was the 13th. Uh, spring training games are going to start on Thursday. Uh, playoffs expanded to 12 teams beginning this season. I don't hate that. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, National League adopts the designated hitter starting this season. Again, don't hate that. I'm tired of watching pitchers absolutely suck at hitting. 
And it'll extend some careers. Yeah. And for now, the Ghost Runner is gone. Which, um, I saw rumors on Twitter about some negotiations of potentially bringing the Ghost Runner back. I swear. If they... If they bring the Ghost Runner back, that is one of the worst rules in sports history. Like, there's there have been some awful rules in the history of sports. Like, the NBA's ban on dunking back in the 70s, just because of Wilt Chamberlain. Like, that was a bad rule. Uh, the NHL's offside pass rule, I'm glad that's gone. That was That was dumb. You couldn't... You couldn't pass to a guy on the other side of the uh, the center ice line, unless you if you were in, at a, if you were on if you were in one of the attacking zones, you couldn't pass to a a guy on the other side of the center ice line. I'm glad that rule's been gone for almost twenty years. I would like to nominate another rule that they are going to adopt with this new thing for dumbest rules. Which one? Banning the shift. Yeah, yeah, that's dumb. I forgot about that. Just teach left-handed hitters how to hit. Yeah, that's that's all, all you got to do. That's all you have to do. You've already gotten rid of left-handed specialists out of the bullpen. Yeah. Okay. Because of so the, you've already catered to left-handed hitters there. Because and now the, you're going to ban the shift because of the three-hitter rule. Now let me say this: having five people in the outfield when Joey Gallo is hitting is a little over the top. Yeah, that's a little much. I think that should be banned. Yeah. But however, moving your shortstop or your second baseman over to the other side of second base. That's fine. Is that really that big a deal? No. Like is is just learn how to hit. Is is putting your shortstop in the gap between first and second base really that big a deal? No. Is no. putting is is having your shortstop is now is having your right fielder come and stand in between the second baseman and the shortstop. That's a little yes, much. That's over the top. But like shifting your infield around a little bit, like moving your third baseman up closer to shortstop position and putting your shortstop on the other side of second base. That's not that big a deal. Oh, like, you are putting people out of jobs. Yeah, you really you are. You understand that? You know Manfred doesn't care. Like, it just... Uh... Like, Manfred does not care. I've said it on this show before, and I will say it again. Rob Manfred actively hates baseball. I agree. Like, and all the players can't stand the guy. Like, did you see some of I the I should tweets? tell you something. All the tweets that were coming out, like, oh, am I... Oh, do you see Trevor Bauer? Didn't he say something like, oh, am I surprised the guy who called the World Series trophy just a piece of metal is laughing after he canceled games? No, I'm not surprised. Here we go. Trevor Bauer... So this was was a, uh, a, uh, uh, a feed from him. If we're banning the shift, let's just ban breaking balls and all off-speed pitches, too, while we're at it. Walks are now banned, too. After ball four, the pitcher must throw a fastball down the middle until the hitter puts a ball in play. Homer's not allowed after ball four. 
Strikeouts no longer count. Anytime a hitter strikes out, the defense must remove four fielders, and the hitter is allowed to throw the ball from the plate into play and start running. Also, we're adopting slow-pitch softball rules. If you hit a if you hit a homer, it's an out. Now I can finally get at Tatis Jr. out. <laughs> that is an incredible tweet thread. But the problem is, I wouldn't be surprised if Manfred adopted some of those rules. Look, I know Trevor Bauer is an outspoken as heck player. And like, I understand all of that. But yeah. like, I... It does not it does not compute in my brain how banning the shift is a good thing for baseball. It look, no, put some restrictions on it. That's yeah. fine. No, you you know who it's for? It's for the people who watch like three baseball games a year and complain on Twitter about how boring baseball is. Baseball is boring. I'll be honest. Yeah, it's a shifts sh- are not the problem. It's a you know what the problem is? It's a slow game. I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up because I don't want to tell the number wrong. Um, but so three hours and one minute is the average baseball game. Yeah, that's that's slightly longer than the average football or hockey game. Like I, most, most football games run what two and a half hours. Yeah. And then I'd say hockey and basketball are both right around two each. So it's, it's longer than the other big four. So some of the longest pitchers working pitchers, are you Darvish, who averaged 27.1 seconds between pitches. Oof. Sonny Gray averaged 28.3. Tyler Clippert averaged 29.8. So basically a full 30 seconds. Like. Yeah. Ha, uh, Pedro Baez averaged 31.1 seconds between pitches. Good Lord. That's a problem. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah, there should not be that much time between pitches. Pitch clock, absolutely. Now, Do that. Now, should it be home home run derby pitch speed where you're just chucking balls every 10 seconds? No. No. It should be it should be the same length as an NBA shot clock, 24 seconds. So the the proposal that I saw was 14 seconds with nobody on base, 19 seconds with runners on base. That's not terrible. I think 14 is a little short. I would Maybe make, make it 1924. Uh, yeah. 1924 or 2025. I think that's better. Yeah. But still, that's how you fix the game. Not, not like getting the remo- shift, removing strategy. No, like all of Manfred's changes are. Like, one of the worst things you could do when you're doing anything. And not adding robotic umpires. Yeah, that too. When when you're trying to grow your audience, don't alienate the audience you already have by trying to cater to an audience you will never get. Like, NASCAR is very guilty of this. Like, in an attempt 
in an attempt to get people to watch more NASCAR, they have made NASCAR confusing as all hell. Yep. And, and now, like, the dedicated fans have stopped watching because the rules don't make any freaking sense. Correct. And the same thing is going to happen to baseball if Manfred is allowed to keep leaving his mark on the game. Do I casually... I play baseball my entire life. Rages 4 to 17, I play baseball. Okay? I'm 24 years old. So that's 13 years. Over half. Over half of my life I played baseball. Do I casually go on a Saturday and watch a baseball game on TV? No. I don't. Do you know why? Because it's boring. However, as somebody who has played baseball for 13 years, and as somebody who kind of knows how the players think, these changes are not the way. No, it's only going to make it worse. Correct. Like, at a pitch clock, get rid of the three batter rule. That's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Because, like, Correct. when the Orioles, the last time the Orioles were good... One of their key weapons to being good was Brian Mattis. Correct. Whose one job was strike out the lefties. Which is fantastic. I love watching that kind of stuff. Usually David Ortiz. Like, yeah. Like out of out of every pitcher he has ever faced, David Ortiz has a horrifically bad average against Brian Mattis. Which is fine. He was like two for 140. I think that's Just hilarious. Teach lefties how to pitch or to hit lefties. Yeah. Teach lefties how to hit against left-handed pitchers and teach lefties how to hit where the defense isn't. Because that's the thing. Lefty pitchers make bank. Or teach them how to bunt. Yeah. Lefty pitchers make absolute bank. Like two pitchers of equivalent of equivalent skill. Like if, yes, if you stuck if you stuck a pitcher with ninety eight mile an hour fastball, eighty five mile an hour slider, seventy nine mile an hour change or curveball, and say eighty mile per hour changeup in front of me with a righty and a lefty, which one you take? Give me the lefty, and I'm paying. Ta- the lefty. You're taking the lefty ten times out of ten, and I'm paying the lefty more money than the righty pays, even though in every other aspect these two are essentially the same pitcher. They're the exact same pitcher, correct? Like, in every other statistical category, they're the same pitcher, but I'm taking the lefty, and I'm paying the lefty more money to make sure I get him. So why is it the exact opposite for lefty hitters, where you're just trying to completely get him out of the game? I I don't know. Like, baseball's going to kill itself within the next few years if Rob Manfred is not removed as commissioner. So hopefully... But he won't be. Hopefully... Hopefully some competitor league shows up and uh, and lights a fire under Major League Baseball to get their crap together. They or won't. That, or that competitor league is just so much better that they buy out Major League Baseball. That won't happen. I know. Someone... Wishful thinking, Jake. I know. It. I'm putting it out there in hopes that some rich guy... On like a Mark Cuban level of wealth. I was about to say Mark Cuban. On like a Mark Cuban level of wealth or just Mark Cuban himself will hear this and realize it's a good idea. 
I agree. And 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 get a bunch of his other rich friends who don't own teams together. Please. <laughs> but the problem is, like, every city already has a team in some way, shape, or form because of so many minor league teams. Yeah. But they'd figure something out. I guarantee you that any any player in double A that you, you could offer $1 million to play would take it. Oh, yeah. Because in that minor, new league. Minor, minor league players don't get paid enough. No, they don't. They A lot of minor leaguers have part-time jobs. Fun fact. Yeah, which is... A, a a literal disgrace but that is we don't have enough time to get into that that is a uh, that is a discussion for the peak of baseball season when there's not much else to talk about correct because <laughs> that would fill up an entire show but that's what we got for this episode of the mashup hope you all enjoyed hope you all enjoy the rest of your week and you enjoy March. and the weather yeah the weather it's so nice out today I have my window open right now. And it's it's going to continue all week. But, uh, yeah. That's it for this episode. Uh, talk to you all next week. See you then.